Hey there, I'm Rachel Roberts, and this is Don't Sleep On It by HuffPost. Today, we're switching things up with a rundown of some new books you shouldn't be sleeping on this month with culture writer for HuffPost, Claire Fallon. Claire focuses on literary fiction and trends, language, and pop culture, and most importantly for our purposes today, is one of our resident book critics. Also super important, Claire is one half of HuffPost's Bachelor Recap podcast, Here to Make Friends. Thank you for letting me steal you for a second today, Claire. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me a little bit. No problem, no problem. Uh, uh, so when we were prepping for this, you mentioned that you don't have a favorite book. Yeah, I don't have a favorite book. Books are so different. They offer so many varieties of experience as a reader. It's hard to, to pick one that is head and shoulders above all the rest. Right. I was wondering if it was kind of like you can't choose your favorite child. Yeah, well, I don't know yet whether I'll be able to choose a favorite child, but I certainly hope I'll feel the same way about my children that I feel about my favorite books. They're all equal in their different ways. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but you have some recommendations for us. Yes, I've been reading some of the new January fiction and nonfiction, and there are a few books that I really think people should should check out. Great. What's the first one? Uh, so the most recent book that, that I read is called All the Lives We Ever Lived, Seeking Solace in Virginia Woolf by Catherine Smith. And it's a memoir about her father's death from cancer and also a exploration of Virginia Woolf's novel To the Lighthouse, which is one of sort of the most famous novels about uh, parental death and grieving. I'm a big fan of Virginia Woolf, so I instantly, you know, latched onto that. Um, but it's a really beautiful, thoughtful book, and especially if you have gone through loss in your life, I I thought it was really um, relatable and thoughtfully written, and also a beautiful new perspective on on a book that a lot of people love. And if you haven't read *To the Lighthouse*, you should also read that. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, do you feel like you need to have read *To the Lighthouse* before reading this one, or do you think you can just like take it on? That's a good question. Um, I think you could definitely still read it, but you would definitely get a lot more out of out of this book if you had read To the Lighthouse. So it's like two recommendations in one. It's sneaky. Yeah. It's a sneaky two book recommendation. <laughs> All right. What's maybe your third recommendation, I guess? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, the book The Water Cure by Sophie McIntosh has been getting a good amount of buzz this month um, for good reason. It is a very eerie, unsettling novel about three sisters who live with their mother and father on what appears to be this remote island, and their father leads them in this uh, cult-like lifestyle. They think the outside world is impure. He He's the only one who's able to leave the island, but one day he doesn't come back, and they're left with their mother. Um, and then some strange men arrive on the island. And it ends up being this fascinating examination of gender dynamics and desire and uh, family um, relationships. And it's been described a lot as a dystopia. It could be happening right now. It's sort of about this very isolated family and, and the little world they create together. But it does speak a lot to the kinds of conversations that we're having about you know, consent and uh, autonomy um, and gender relations right now. 
Oh, that sounds so good. It's really good. Uh, when you said dystopian, I feel like it's having such a moment right now. I feel like everything is dystopian. And often even things that aren't actually set uh, in the future, which is how we would traditionally talk about dystopia, are being described as dystopian because the current political moment feels very dystopian. And I don't really <laughs> know uh, how helpful that feels, but it is really clarifying sometimes to see those things being unpacked in fiction. Um, there is a certain hopefulness about feeling like you're engaging with, with what's actually going on in the world through art as well as through, you know, your news consumption. Absolutely. Well, that sounds really good and timely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you have a third one. Yeah. I just recently uh, picked up, and I haven't finished yet, uh, the short story collection Mouthful of Birds by Samantha Schweblin, who is an Argentinian-born writer. Uh, the book was translated by Megan McDowell, who's a great translator. And I've spoken to so many people, other critics that I really respect over the years, who really love the author Samantha Schweblin. And this is the first book of hers I've picked up. And it doesn't disappoint. She's so um, got such a, a weird... Uh, unsettling. Clearly, that's a kind of book I like. Uh, sort of. <laughs> There's a theme. There's a theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, her stories are are sort of off kilter in a way that's very revealing about things that lie beneath the surface. And I can't wait to read the rest of them. Um, so, And I wish that I had finished it so that I could say more, but I really uh, recommend that people check it out. Awesome. I had this thought when you were talking. When you find a book is disappointing, do you ever put it down or do you have to finish it? I do put books down. But not every time. It's a constant struggle because I often want to give a book a chance to to take me. Some, sometimes a book teaches you how to read it. Sometimes I start a book and I think, eh. And then by the end, I realize that I just wasn't processing it in, in the correct way. Other times I read the whole book and I'm like, that was a waste of time. There was something else I could have been reading. But that's just part of you know the experience of, of being a reader. And I think in the end... You know, you just have to make your decisions, read what you want to read, and you'll definitely get something out of, of whatever you choose to read. I think that's a wonderful note to end on. Thank you so I mean, saying a book teaches you how to read it is like one of the most beautiful phrases I think I've ever heard. I forget like where lovely. I first heard that. I'm sure I heard it from someone, but I, I think about that often when I'm struggling with a book, and sometimes it's really helpful. Yeah. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and for Claire's various recommendations throughout the year and critiques of books? Yes. yes. Uh, critiques of books, <laughs> head to HuffPost.com. 